0: God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two
1: will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. And again, welcome to By Design, one of the AFR programs on the weekend where we take the time to discuss all things marriage and family. And so we're looking forward to having a special guest on today. But before we do, I want to remind our audience to go check out afa.net slash by design. That's afa.net slash by design. You will find articles, podcasts, videos that will help educate and encourage you to build up. Your family, the way that God designed it, and your marriage as well, and that's what we're going to talk about today: marriage and family. Some of the videos that you will find there on the website are tips to tips for blended families, how to prioritize your family schedule, the importance of date nights, both with your spouses and with other Christian couples, and that is just just a tip of the iceberg of what we're uh, trying to accomplish with this project. So go check out afa.net/slash by design. Also, I want to remind you of the mission statement and why we have the program, and that's that by design its mission is to educate and encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as a fundamental building block for all human civilization and to celebrate the union of one man and one woman as an objective institute that is produced, that produces human flourishing. And so to talk about marriage and family today, we're going to have a special guest on, and his name is Pastor Chris, Chris Schroeder. And he is a teaching pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, where the lead pastor there is a name that you'll be familiar with, Jeff Shreve. Who is the lead pastor and he is on our radio network Has been a longtime friend of AFA and AFR And we're so grateful for his partnership And his connection to Chris Schroeder Uh, And so having Chris Schroeder on here Chris also has a huge passion for marriage and for family And so help me welcoming Chris Schroeder Chris Hey Wesley, it's good to be here Hey, we're glad you're here today, and help us, uh, before we get into a couple of questions that I want to ask you about marriage and family, please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and kind of introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Yeah, um, so I've been in Texarkana for about four and a half years working with uh, Pastor Jeff. Uh, before being in Texarkana, I was uh, served two different churches, one in California and one in Missouri. I was a lead pastor at two different churches and felt a call into more of counseling ministry and found out that uh, First Baptist Texarkana was hiring a pastoral counselor and I had been following uh, Jeff's ministry and so God just worked it out for me to be able to come into this role. And so I came to the church as a pastoral counselor, but then became just recently my title changed to teaching pastor. Um, I have a a wife and three daughters and marriage and family is a big passion of ours.
1: Well, that's good. And you know, I, how much, especially nowadays, is needed. That's kind of it's often overlooked, and that's the power and the importance of counseling, especially from a Christian and a biblical worldview, and having a church that provides that. Now, what would that look like day to day? Would people uh, uh, schedule a time to meet with you, or like a, or would that just be something they would do pre-marriage, or how? What would your day to day look like there in that in yeah, that position? That's good. Yeah, that's
0: good. We, uh, you know, a lot of times in the church, we farm out the counseling to people in the community, like a therapist in the community, and uh, that's kind of dangerous because you don't know what (laughs) they're being taught, how they're being counseled, and so uh, pastoral counseling is more, I call it pastoral counseling, it's, you know, influenced by the scriptures, influenced by Christianity, but pastoral counseling is solution-focused, it's short-term, It's not uh, generally therapy, so it's not long term, you know, a year or two counseling. It's more six to 10 weeks solution focused. There are times where I have to um, refer someone out to a therapist if they need counseling for a longer period of time. But I generally try to see people in a short amount of time and just bring hope into a situation as as quick as possible. So we have it set up in our church where people can call the church and set up an appointment. And my wife does counseling for women. I do counseling for men. And then uh, we do counseling together. And we don't charge as much as a therapist in the community. We just do, um, you know, a suggested donation. But we try to just mainly counsel the people that are within the church members of the church or at least regular attenders of the church
1: good good well that's awesome hey i'm glad that y'all are providing that and i'm glad that you got hired on there and that's a wonderful opportunity to do and to serve your church now i want to get into a couple questions when it as it regards to what you have seen and what you've experienced in this ministry of counseling families and but before i do do you have a website or any resources or or books that you've written that you would like to, our audience to know about yeah, I appreciate that. You could look at our um,
0: at our Facebook page. We have FBC Texarkana Marriage Ministry. Um, we just put resources up there for marriages. We t- we put our classes up there. Um, Quotes, uh, book recommendations, things like that. So it's just a
1: just a Facebook page, uh, FBC Texarkana Marriage Ministry. Awesome, awesome, and we'll we'll give that out again in the middle and at the end of this segment. Now, getting into the topic for today, and those that are listening, always uh, find a way to listen to this program to find anything and all things as it relates to encouraging and supporting and challenging their marriage and their family. So the first question I have for you is. Well, let's do this. Can you define marriage and family because are they, the, are they one and the same? Are they the same? Or what's the difference? Oh, that's interesting. I, that's an interesting question. I believe that,
0: uh, you know, marriage, when I think of marriage, I think of something that God designed. Uh, I go all the way back to the creation story of Adam and Eve. You know, God created Adam first and Adam was a relational being just like God is a relational being because he was created in the image of God. And it was the first time where God said, it is not good. It is not good for a man to be alone. And so that's when uh, he created Eve from Adam, woman coming from man. And so marriage was created first. The first institution uh, ever created was marriage. And then out of that, you know, he said, uh, be fruitful and multiply. So out of that came the family and that order does get messed up because in a lot of families, children are put ahead of the marriage. Mm. But we try to teach that, the, you know, the family is either a parent-centered, you know, a marriage-centered home or a child-centered home. Mm. And we try and teach the importance of being a marriage-centered
1: home. Uh, that's a good point. That's a, uh, that's making a lot of sense to some of my wife and our issue. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, seriously, though, that, that's a good point. And, and, and honestly, yeah. Uh, my wife has done this program with me several times and we've said the same thing we've experienced the same thing that you're describing as as uh, what the Bible teaches the opposite is is if you make your children the center of the home and not the marriage then you will get things out of order and I'm guessing that's where you're going to see some of the um, some of the conflicts or, or disagreements or some of our issues is a stronger word so what so why is it or what have you seen as a th- the three most common factors that you've seen that that makes a marriage thrive that's healthy that's that's uh, that's flourishing three common factors that you've seen in your counseling when things are going right i like how you started with the positive yes. i was ready
0: for the negative you know what, <laughs> Most what's people the are. biggest problem in marriage <laughs> so i like how you started with the positive mm-hmm. i mean obviously from a christian perspective um, the number one would be centered on god that you know the triangle if god's in the center and we are on the bottom corners. The closer we draw to God, the closer we draw to each other. So I would say definitely centered on God. Um, strong marriages tend to have good communication. They communicate well with one another. They're able to share uh, anything with one another. And then I would say thirdly, I would say conflict resolution. Able to resolve conflict, not afraid of conflict, willing to deal with all kinds of conflict, not um, sweeping it under the rug, but but dealing with with any kind of conflict and talking about any kind of issue.
1: Yeah, my wife and I, we read or began to read. We never finished it because after the first two chapters, it pretty much resolved a lot of the <laughs> mm. issues. But the book that's called uh, "Fighting Fair." Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, are you familiar with that book? I think that's Les and Leslie. Yes. Parrott. That's right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Again, we never got past the first two chapters. I, I don't remember how many chapters it is, but it it was pretty. basically it started out by saying, "Look." there's nothing wrong with having a difference or, or an argument or a conflict. As long as you handle it in a way that's both biblical, healthy, and constructive, do it. You know, it's a good thing that, you know, and, 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 the, and the language you're using here, which I agree with is conflict resolution, but having that and not being, uh, not either going either, not doing the opposite of that is doing one of two things that's completely ignoring it like it doesn't exist and then it builds up right. and then you're, you express yourself in frustrations about things that your wife or spouse didn't even know about, or you just absolutely uh, just get like, you just blow up, you know? And so uh, that's a good, that that's important for us to do is to have conflict resolution. Also in the back, on the back of my Bible on the outside, I've got that same triangle that you were talking about. I was visualizing it when you were talking about it, but if our audience could just visualize a uh, triangle, as you mentioned, and God being at the top and the spouses being on either side at the bottom, the closer they grow to God, actually the closer they uh, grow together. And so that's a good illustration for us to remember. And so those are the three most common things. Communication. Now, what is the biggest difference between communication and conflict resolution? Because both of those can kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, probably
0: in the same family. I mean, you're not always going to communicate at a you know, at a high level, like communicating your deepest, darkest secrets and (laughs) beliefs and feelings. Uh, Sometimes you're just communicating with small talk or just facts about the day. But at some point, uh, strong, healthy couples are able to communicate at a deeper level. Mm. We've all seen that couple at the restaurant. Hopefully it's not us, but we've seen that couple at the restaurant who is either just glued to their individual phones Mm -hmm. or they're sitting there just staring at other people and don't even say a word to one another, Um, which I guess it's good to be just in the presence of one another. But I think good couples are able to have really meaningful conversations.
1: Yeah, you really need to be intentional about that because it's so easy for myself or any of us with uh, our jobs, our responsibilities and the entertainment with kids and other activities to get caught up and spending a lot of time on, uh, on your phone, on your devices. Not just your phone, your iPad, and other things, and it's a distraction for sure. So, so obviously, uh, you you've seen in these in in your experience that making God the center of your marriage, uh, communicating on a daily basis, and I think about the times that my wife communicates with me. My weakness right now, uh, currently that I'm working through, is uh, not just hearing her, mm. uh, but actually processing because I oftentimes will. Get, she'll get about halfway into what she's saying. And I'm like, oh, got that in my head. So I kind of, you know, <laughs> whatever, move on to the next thought or, 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 or trying to hustle out the door. And then uh, sure enough, I forget or don't do something that she asked me to do. And so being able to be a good listener, uh, not just a listener, though, but is it, what's the difference there? Do you understand what I'm trying to explain? Because I heard her, but I didn't process or, or prioritize what she said. Well, I mean, there's active listening, You're active listening,
0: (laughs) where you kind of repeat back what she said so that she knows that you heard her, Uh, Mm -hmm. not to give an excuse, but, you know, for guys, um, we sometimes, we have the waffle brain, you know, so we go into (laughs) one compartment (laughs) and it's hard for us to transition to another compartment where they can, they can multitask much better than us. Mm -hmm. So I always tell wives to, um, when you're speaking something, especially important to your husband, make sure you get his attention first before you say it to him. Cause there's literally sometimes when my wife says something to me and I literally did not hear what her mouth was moving yes. and I was looking at her, but I have no idea what she yes. just said, yeah. you know, and, and she's fortunately very gracious, but, as uh, well. yeah. you know, so we, we have to be more intentional about our listening as men, but I think the wives have to be gracious in the fact that, um, our brains transition differently than their brains transition.
1: Oh, that's for sure. I can, I've, i We just got off a of vacation, and I've got about a hundred, hundred uh, instances and stories running through my mind. <laughs> a lot of them are humorous, and at this point, my wife and I—we've been married for nine, nine going on, or eight going on nine years, coming up on nine years in October in a few months, and so uh, we've got a lot of experience. And at this point, we have, praise God, you know, through lows and highs and the valleys of life, we have, uh, uh and, and and again, there's been setbacks and failures, but collectively as a whole over our eight years we have been pursuing that triangle and so at this point we have our uh for the most part exercising these three three things that you've mentioned and but at the same time being sinners and uh, being saved by god's grace we have funny uh, things that may not be funny at the time when it comes to me not communicating or right. our conflict resolution but uh we're at a healthy point on marriage that we can look back after a couple of weeks and, and laugh about some of the things that we did or didn't do that we should have done. And so that's another thing about being able to communicate in conflict resolution, even if you don't do it when you should, if you do do it, if you do do it at some point, it will bring you back. And I believe will draw you closer to God and the way that God designed marriage and family. Yeah. I like the
0: fact that you're able to laugh too. Like it becomes a, I mean, humor always helps Cut, cut through ice and break down walls.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It does. You're listening to Pastor schroeder pastor chris schroeder who is on uh who's a teaching pastor and a marriage counselor and family counselor at uh, first baptist Texas where jeff Shreve's the lead pastor there and we're so grateful to have him on now tell us before we move into the the second half of the segment tell us a little bit about where they can find good marriage family counseling resources that you provide uh, we just
0: put a lot of stuff on a Facebook page that okay. we have. So First Baptist Texarkana, FBC Texarkana, Marriage Ministry. And if you go there, we try and put a lot of things on that page. We put our class information there and um, book resources, quotes,
1: different things for marriage. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for that. Now, now next question I have for you as it relates to marriage and family and the way God designed it is, how can you, and this has been a challenge for me and, and as a dad, of three children, I've got a six-year-old boy, four-year-old girl, and an eight-month-old girl. Mm. So um, I'm trying to figure out how can I measure the spiritual health and development of my family, specifically my children, but also my marriage as well.
0: Oh wow! So you want to be able to assess where, yes. basically, uh, you know how your family is, and therefore how you're doing. As a husband and as a father, yeah, and
1: and you think about the you think about discipleship and the importance of pouring into your children spiritually, and and so I just trying to figure out how can I measure this because so many times I may think I'm doing great, but I don't want to look up 25 years from now or or 10 years from now, whatever it is, and look back and go, man, you know, I know I understand we're I understand we're going to have some we're going to make enough mistakes and have some regrets and things like that that we are or, or things we may have changed or done differently. But uh, just the, but if you're able to measure it in real time, you can at least be able to curve some of those things instead of waiting 10 years and saying, oh my gosh, I wasted 10 years. I should have done that. Do you
0: understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, you know, kids have so much grace for dads. Mm. Kids have more grace for dads than they do for moms. Mm. Moms are seen as um, unconditional mm-hmm. in their love and dads are put on a pedestal. And the kids want the, the dad to be a hero. They want them to be on the, the pedestal. Yeah. And so we have a lot of grace working for us. And also we have to remember that we're in a marathon, that we always will be uh, their dads as long as we're alive, we'll mm-hmm. be their dads. And so, um, you know, I see a lot of men, We especially as Christian men, we're trying so hard. We want to be the very best that we can be as Christian men. And um, we don't always give ourselves the grace that God gives us and that our children give us. Uh, We're so hard on ourselves, but um, just don't give up. We just got to keep striving and keep pouring into our kids. And when we fall, uh, you know, repent of that, confess that and and keep keep
1: pouring into our kids and don't give up. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Uh, One of the first things I wanted to teach my children and I taught Bennett early on and now and I've now taught my four year old and hope to teach my eight month old when she's old enough to understand. And that's forgiveness. That's yeah. the one of the, one of the first things I wanted to teach them, and but in that process of forgiveness, there's so much more that's taught with that, that. Obviously, forgiveness is the key there, but from that, in order to be forgiven, you also had to confess that you did something wrong. <laughs> so that's then you one have, of the best things you can do yeah. as a dad is just say, "Hey, I messed up." <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you can ever, if you can ever get to that point, both in your in your Liz, talking to the audience now, but if you can ever get to that point. Both as a Christian individually, uh, to just everyday life, but also as a dad, it's the most liberating feeling to be to be able to confess. Oh, basically, yeah. you don't know it all, and you right. or, or in this case, I did this wrong or whatever it is, and being able to spell it out, it's, uh, it's, it's it is a confession. I mean, obviously, you need to confess your sins to God and ask Him to forgive you, but also too, I mean, there's a place in the New Testament and the Gospels where He said Jesus said, "Leave your." gifts at the altar and go to your brother in this case go to your son or your daughter if you've sinned against them before that so it's important to recognize you know that you've done if you if or when you've done wrong to recognize that spell it out and then also ask for forgiveness there's so much in that process that is is gospel driven that will stay with them the rest of their life regardless of what 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 your family experiences and the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one or you experience uh, some traumatic uh, injury or whatever that is, if you're able to teach them forgiveness and God's grace and uh, being able to confess when you've done wrong and to be honest about it, those are things that will last for them forever. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think our natural,
0: our number one sin that I believe we struggle with as men, and I know I'm talking to myself or about <laughs> myself, would be pride. Sure. You know, we are naturally prideful because of our sin nature, and the opposite of pride is not shame. The opposite of pride is humility. Um, you know, Philippians 2, Jesus said, he, it says about Jesus, he humbled himself, and so he did something in giving up his life. He showed the ultimate of humility. And so we have to do humble things as dads uh, choose humility. It's not something that will naturally come to us. So we have to choose to do humble things. One of the most humble things we can do is admit when we've messed up and mm. uh, confess that, especially to you know, ones that we are uh, have uh, responsibility over like our children. And so that takes a lot of humility, which breaks through that pride that we so naturally fight against.
1: Yes, it does, and if you ever once you do it and you make it a part of your, I make it a part of who you are. It is, it is a wonderful thing. And then I've seen since then, my son uh, and my daughter that they are practicing the same thing that I've done myself. Because it's one thing to to tell somebody to do something or teach them to do something, which we should, right. uh, even if they don't do it. You got to make you know as parents, it's our responsibility to teach them that and provide consequences if they don't, whatever that is. So we've got to do that. But over time, if they see you do it, uh, it's more caught than it is taught if you're yes. doing it the right way. So it's important to do both, but um, you can't leave out the importance of living out that which we teach, which is should be a natural reaction for the Christian. That's right.
0: That's right.
1: Well, um, uh, give us your, the location where we can find more content on these topics that you produce. We uh, have a Facebook page, FBC Texarkana,
0: Marriage Ministry. And if you look there at Marriage Ministry, we put posts up all the time. Uh, hopefully you find it helpful.
1: Good. Now, what are some discipleship things uh, that we can do, both simple, like, for example, day-to-day, uh, driving in the car, or and some more in-depth things, things more like a study And when it comes to raising children, Uh, the way that scripture calls us as Christian parents to do.
0: Yeah. I like how you said that driving in the car, because, uh, you know, sometimes we, I mean, we, with our family, we do a devotion time at night. We have a time where Mm. we sit down and we read a devotion. It's not usually that long and complicated. And there's been many times where we've missed a night or we've stopped doing it for a while and we've got to restart. And so, um, again, a lot of grace has to be provided, but those drives in the car those uh, just moments of doing life together and seeing opportunities to teach and speak life into our uh, family members, into our children, into our, our wives and husband for the, for the wife. Um, those times are so special. Uh, something happens and we could bring out life lessons from it. I think those are some of the most important times of discipling our children And then also just being as consistent as we can be with uh, church attendance and making sure that they're involved in church, you know, um, being a part of a good uh, fellowship of believers, I think is also so crucial that they see that consistency coming from us.
1: Absolutely. And I know and I've, we, we, I've I've fallen in this before sometimes with entertainment and activities and and things that are fun. that are mm-hmm. good things that are, that are that are amoral and they're neither good nor bad. You know, they're just fun things that God gives us to do. I know that uh, I've had to be careful and I've slipped into not realizing how much uh, time that had taken away to the point where I feel like I have not giving uh, to my family or my son or my children or my wife, the the spiritual washing, the washing of the word, like I should. And so, what what, what I have found is that, that those are the moments, when Satan comes in and says, "Well, you've already missed this opportunity," and then you start feeling doubt, and then you say, "What's the point?" And then, before you know it, you're replacing a lot of things that are fun, healthy, and good, and which are bringing your family together in a lot of ways, but we're leaving out the most important part, which is the the teaching them the God's word and living out and practicing and you know uh it's a it's a very bad habit unfortunately fortunately i i never experienced this growing up my family was always made sunday a priority but unfortunately i've heard from many people before uh, uh, uh that on sundays if you start missing it for for not a good reason, obviously. I mean, there's there's times if you're, you got a sick one in the hospital, there's there's obviously those those exception. But if you're just missing Sunday service for for no good reason, if you start that, it's very. I've heard many many times, it's very very difficult to start going back because you That's start right. filling it with all kind of things that that if you're not doing, you start getting behind on. And so it's the matter of prioritizing your time. So you do see the importance of even if you're going to church and sometimes it does feel, it may feel like you're going through the motions, it is important, is it not?
0: Yeah. And I've seen, you know, even in our church, I'm not going to say names. Sure. But there's some people <laughs> that uh, they will drop off their kids like on a Wednesday night. Oh, sure. They'll drop them off and then they'll go do their own thing. Yeah. And they're kind of expecting that the children's ministers are going to disciple their children and that the responsibility is up to the church to disciple instead of the
1: parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole that's a that's a whole uh, radio program right there, because I've I've said for many, many, many years, I actually had the privilege of baptizing my son, baptizing my nephew and one of the baseball players that I coach all in about a four month window. Mm. And I told every had time I had the opportunity, I was offered by the by our senior pastor. Did do you want to be the one that baptizes him? And he gave me that option. I said absolutely. So while I was there baptizing my son, my nephew, and one of the players that I coached at the time, I, every all three times in three separate instances, I said the first thing I said when I got in the water, I said I just want to take this time to say that as parents, we are one hundred percent responsible. For the discipleship and development, spiritual development of our children. Now, and I also said this, though I said I do appreciate and and I'm grateful for youth pastors, for uh, for teachers, school teachers, and everybody else that complements what we do. But we're 100 percent. Do you not agree? That's
0: totally right. We, we've got to take ownership. We've got to take responsibility. It's a huge responsibility that God has given us, and it's not anyone else's responsibility but our own.
1: Amen. Thank you for reminding us of that. You have been listening to Pastor Chris Schroeder. That's Pastor Chris Schroeder, the teaching pastor and marriage and family counselor at First Baptist Texarkana. Thank you so much for being on the program with us today.
0: Yeah, it's good to be with you, Wesley.
1: All right, go check out AFA.net slash buy design. That's AFA.net slash by design. If you just caught the tail end of this program, it'll be uh, be archived right there. And we'll catch you next time on Buy Design.